to read one verse to put a foundation for my message, and we'll go from there. Hallelujah. We'll pray then. Let's uh, go to Leviticus, the 27th chapter, verse 32. Here's where our first introduction is to passing under the rod. And beloved, we're all going to pass under his rod today, this morning. We're going to pass under his rod. You have your Bibles, choir? Yes, good. Everyone, wonderful. Verse 32, And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tent shall be holy unto the Lord. All right, hear it again. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tent shall be holy unto the Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come upon me with might and power and authority. I have nothing of myself, but through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost, the word shall go forth, unadulterated, pure, and holy. Sanctify me, Jesus. Purge me. I take your authority over every demon power, every principality and power of darkness, because nothing, nothing shall hinder the word of God from going forth today. Nothing. God, let us have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are open to hear the living word of God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I've introduced to you now a Holy Ghost concept called the tithing rod. All the flock of a sheep, if someone was going to tithe his flock, and all flocks, all herds had to be tithed, they would take the herd into the sheep coat, there'd be a narrow door, and there would be a tenth sacrificed unto the Lord, given unto the Lord. The tenth was tapped and given to the Levites. It was a holy, uh, uh, the, the, there was a rod that the Levite had, a long rod, and he dipped it in vermilion, that's red paint, or okra, and every tenth was tapped with that red paint and belonged unto the Lord. In fact, the rabbinate describes it like this. When a man was to give the tithe of his sheep or calves to God, he was to shut up the whole flock in one fold, in which there was one narrow door capable of letting out one sheep at a time. The owner stood by the door with a rod in his hand, the end of which was dipped in vermilion or red ochre, when the tenth one came, he touched it with the red color, and it was received as the legitimate tithe. He was not to see whether it was strong, weak, or anything else. Even if it was a weak one, it would pass through, and God would touch it, it would belong unto the Lord. Now, I want you to go to Ezekiel 20. And you're going to see prophetically how this is prophesied to happen in every generation, especially the last day. Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. Ezekiel 20. Folks, are going to go through a lot of scriptures, so bear with us. Ezekiel 20. You might want to write these scriptures down as you go. I hope you have a pen. Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. Now, I want you to go to verse 37, please. Verse 37. I hear the leaves still rustling. I'll wait for just a moment. Ezekiel 20, verse 37. Here it is. I will cause you... What? to pass under the rod. And I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will cause you to pass under the rod. All right, God's going to separate sheep from sheep. Go over to Ezekiel 34. Turn right, Ezekiel 34. Let's begin verse 22. 
Let's go to verse 20. Ezekiel 34, verse 20. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle, between the lean cattle, because you have thrust with the side and with shoulder and pushed all the diseased with your horns, to have scattered them abroad. Verse 22. Therefore will I save my flock, and they shall be no more prey, and I will judge between cattle and cattle. How many see that? I will judge between cattle and cattle. Now, folks, something is awesome and terrific, uh, terrifying is happening here in what I've read to you now. He's judging between sheep and sheep. Now, I want you to know before I go any further that many Christians are not going to heaven. Those who call themselves Christian, many who believe they are sheep, are not going to be saved. They are not going to have the red touch of God's mark. They're not going to be tapped. Only a remnant, the Bible says, only a remnant. If every generation, only a remnant has come through. And this is very important to understand. And the Lord now says, I'm going to gather my people. Now remember, there's a final judgment day when we all stand before God. But he said before then, judgment will begin in the house of God. There's a judgment that begins before the final judgment, and that judgment is already underway, beginning in the house of God and among the ministry and then all over the body of Jesus Christ. And that is happening now. He said he's going to gather his sheep into a valley of decision. Now, folks, many have believed that the valid decision is whether or not you or I am going to decide to follow Jesus. That's not what the valley of decision is about at all. The valley of decision is the decision he's going to make, who is going to be tapped, who passing under the rod is going to get the mark. The valley of decision is his decision, it's not ours. It's those whose hearts are perfect toward him, those that he sees and he says, that's mine, tap, put the mark on, that is mine. That sheep belongs to me. That sheep is going to green pastures. And we'll talk about where it goes. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Joel three fourteen and 16. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon will grow dark. The stars will lose their brightness. And the Lord will roar out of, out of Zion. And that's exactly, he said he's coming. And Yahweh will judge. Yahweh is Jehovah. Now, why are all these being gathered right now to be judged. Look at Ezekiel 20. Go back to Ezekiel 20. I want you to uh, read verse 33. Begin with verse 33 now. And here's the picture. Get this picture in your mind, please. As I live, saith the Lord God, surety with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out, will I rule over you. I will bring you out from the people, will gather you, the countries when you are scattered with a mighty hand, with a stretched out arm, and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. And there will I plead with you face to face. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the hand of Egypt, land of Egypt. And so I will plead with you, saith the Lord. And I will there cause you to pass under the rod. And I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. Look at me, please. God says in the last day, and this is... Uh, Jeremiah saw it, Isaiah saw it, Ezekiel saw it, all the prophets saw a gathering of God's people before the final judgment where the Lord would decide who were His. And some would be cast into a situation that will be described as we go on a little further here today. Now, of course, the day is coming. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's a great gathering. Every one of us must appear before God in Zion, according to Psalms 84, 7. 
But Christ is gathering his church right now in the wilderness of judgment. He's going to undertake a one-on-one -on -one face to face judgment. He said, I shall judge you face to face, Ezekiel 20, 35. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord God. And I'm telling you that that judgment has already begun. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel? The judgment first in the house of God. The Lord arises to contend, and he arises to judge his own people. The Lord enters into judgment with his elders and the princes of the people. And the reason was because they have what I call the spirit of Herod, who heard John the Baptist gladly, but obeyed nothing he said. And the Lord says there are going to be many in the last days who come and love to hear the prophets. They love to hear the watchman warn. They love to hear the sound of powerful preaching. They love it in their hearts, but they go out and disobey, and it never changes their lives. God is now contending with his household because nothing seems to move many of his children anymore. The trumpets are sounding of the prophets. The watchmen are crying out their warnings. The end of all things is at hand, and yet the majority of God's people are still at ease. They are not hearing the word of God. And God says, I've had enough, and I'm going to bring my people into judgment. I'm going to bring them, and I'm going to search their hearts. And he's now contending with his household. Once you go left to Ezekiel 7. Ezekiel 7. Verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Also thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God unto the land of Israel, and end... The end is come upon the four corners of the land. Now is the end come upon thee, and I will send mine anger upon thee, and will judge thee according to thy ways, and will recompense upon thee all thine abominations. And my eyes shall not spare thee, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense thy ways upon thee, and thy abominations shall be in the midst of thee. You shall know that I am the Lord God. Look at verse 14. Speaking of the watchmen and the prophets, they have blown the trumpet, even to make all ready, but none goeth to the battle, for my wrath is upon all the multitude thereof. Folks, look around you. What do you hear? What are you hearing in your spirit? As one who says, I'm a child of God, what are you hearing? Are you hearing the trumpets? Are you hearing what the prophets are saying? Are you seeing what's happening to the nation and the world? Wars and rumors of wars all over. Yugoslavia is gone. Russia's torn apart. Ethnic wars all over the face of the earth. Are you hearing the sound of the trumpet? The watchman is warned. I've stood in this pulpit now for seven years as a watchman. I've heard people say there's no prophetic message from this pulpit. There's been an everlasting prophetic message from this pulpit. There's a prophetic message going out to your heart this very moment. You've been listening to the watchmen. The watchmen are warning. They're sending letters. They're sending messages. They're on radio. They're everywhere warning that the end has come. Judgment is at the door. Our nation is collapsing right under our noses. Why are people sitting in front of their television sets laughing? Why are people no more awake? Why are people still lazy and not seeking the face of God? Do you hear the sound of the trumpet? I hear it in my heart. I've heard it and I'll never stop hearing it. God help us when we quit hearing the sound of the trumpet. 
He said, the trumpets are blaring, but people are not going out to the battle. Why aren't Christians forsaking their idols? I want you to go to Ezekiel 8. You said you love the word, beloved? Verse 17. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence. They've returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the brands to their nose. Therefore also I will deal in fury. My eyes shall not spare, neither will I pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Look at me, folks. Here's what the prophet is saying. He said, the warnings have gone forth. God has proclaimed that he's coming soon. He's proclaimed the warning. The watchmen have warned. But the people who are holding on to their sins... We're, we're putting a twig to their nose. And in, in those days in this society, the worst thing that you could do to show disrespect was to pick up a twig, hold it under your nose and flip it. Now, we don't use the twig, we use the thumb. And what God's saying, my people are thumbing their nose at me. They're thumbing their nose at my word and my warnings. They're not listening. They're putting the twig to their nose. For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the brands to their nose. They put the brands to their nose. Now, none of us believe that we're like that. None of us believe. But folks, when you hear the word and don't obey the word and just let it slots off and go your own way, it's putting a thumb to your nose at God. That's what the scriptures say. You're thumbing your nose at me. The Lord says, Come out from among them, be ye separate and clean. Touch not the unclean thing and have no fellowship with the works of darkness. Shun the very appearance of evil. Love not the world nor the things that are in the world. And yet we still have Christians who know that and sit under Holy Ghost preaching and can sit in the presence of an awesome God and the Lord Jesus can be manifesting His presence and they walk right out and they're not married and yet they're going to bed with their sweethearts. There are Christians that come to this church and go to some of the dirtiest, filthiest movies in this city. I don't know how you can say that you are not thumbing your nose at God when you can sit and watch any kind of a movie where God's name is taken in vain, where the name of Jesus Christ is mocked and ridiculed, and you sit there and you take it. You don't walk out of that movie. You're thumbing your nose at him, he said. You're thumbing your nose at him. Porno. Lust. Gossip. Slander. Singing about light while still walking in darkness. God said, I'll deal with you in anger, not sparing, no pity. I'll put an end to this abomination. And the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of that marking of sheep in the spiritual realm. I want you to go to Ezekiel 9 now. And I want to show you another marking that's awesome. Ezekiel 9. He cried also in my ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man with a, a slaughter weapon in his hand. Now look this, folks. There's six angels there, and they have slaughtering weapons in their hands. But one man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the Lord God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshing hold of the house. 
And they called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's ink corn by his side. The Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, to the midst of Jerusalem. Set a mark upon the foreheads of who? Of the men that sigh and that cry over all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others he said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But not, come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they begin at the ancient men which were before the house. Folks, look at me, please. That never happened literally, will never happen literally ever. This is a spiritual picture. The prophet Ezekiel is seeing down the quarters of time to our very day. And there are six men, six angels are going forth because God is judging his people now. He's marking those who belong to him. He said, I want you to go through the city. The city is the city of God. That's us, the new Jerusalem, those who claim to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And the Lord is saying, go through this people. Go among them and find those whose hearts are sighing and crying over the sins in this house. The sins of the world, the sins of God's people, the sins of their own heart. Go put a mark on their forehead because they are mine. And so the angel of the Lord goes through the whole place and he puts a mark on the foreheads of those that belong to him who sigh and cry of the abominations. First of all, the abomination of their own hearts. Folks, I have never been able to preach against sin in this pulpit till I've examined my own heart before God. And there has to be in every one of us the examining of our hearts. There has to be an openness to the Lord. Because, beloved, he's coming to mark those who sigh and cry. First over their own abominations, and then over the abominations in the church and in the abominations in the land and in the world itself. Do you sigh and cry over those abominations? Are you sighing and crying over your own? But then he says, those who are not marked have no pity, don't spare, and put the slaughtering mark upon them. Now, folks, what that means spiritually is a slaughtered life. It means a life of despair, despondency, depression. A terrible slaughtering, a slumbering, blind sheep passing under the rod one by one. Now, folks, I want you to get this picture. Ezekiel sees it. Jeremiah saw it. And I'm seeing it, and I want you to see this picture. We're gathered in this one great sheepfold. And there's one door. And the Holy Ghost stands there. Jesus is watching the sheep go by. And the sheep are going under the rod because the rod is just stretched out. It, it falls and taps certain ones. And here come the sheep passing by. And the, the shepherd would, could be pastor. He said, no, 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 That mark that one. What, what a wonderful person. And the Lord says, no. He prophesied, he cast out demons, he did mighty works. I don't even know him, passing. Yeah, but Lord, she prophesied, she spoke in tongues. She looked so holy. She's full of bitterness. Yes. 
Here they come, one after another, they're going by. And every once in a while, down comes the rod and the red paint on the sheep. They're passing by. The Lord said, no, the Holy Spirit says, no, don't mark that one. Slander. Gossip. Never will change. Move. But Lord, he's a preacher. He preaches with such fire. The strong man was never bound. He gave his sins, but he didn't bind the strong man. Move him. There's so many going by, Ezekiel cries. Lord, too many righteous, too many are going by. Are you going to damn them all? Go to Ezekiel 20. Verse 37. And I will cause you to pass under the rod and I'll bring you into the bond of the covenant and I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I'll bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn and they shall not enter the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, go you, serve everyone to his idols. Because you see, those sheep that are not being marked, he says, send them out. Let them go to their idols. They won't change. Let them alone. Jeremiah, all you're preaching, Ezekiel, all you're preaching can't affect them anymore. Let them go. Let them go to their, let them go out to the mountains and to the rocks. Let them go out to their shattered lives. But they're not mine. Go, you serve everyone his idols, and hereafter also, if ye will hearken unto me, but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and with your idols. I want you to go to Ezekiel 9. Verse 8. Let, let's start with verse 6. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they began at the ancient men which were before the house. And he said unto them, Defile the house and fill the courts with the slain. Verse 8. It came to pass while well, they were slaying them, and I was left. I fell upon my face and cried and said, O oh Lord God, will thou destroy all the residue of Israel in the pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great and is full of blood in the city of perverses. And they said, The Lord hath forsaken the earth and the Lord seeth not. Ezekiel's crying out, O oh God, 
so few were being marked. So few. So few were being marked. Are you going to slay them all? The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is very great, and it's filled with blood. And the Lord commanded the marking angel to begin in the sanctuary. God showed Malachi that the ministry first would be melted and purified, and he will sit as a smelter and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, refine them like gold and silver so that they may be presented to the Lord an offering in righteousness. And folks, that purifying process is happening in all of us right now, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. I want you to go to Jeremiah 6, because some people who are going to be purified and put in the fire are going to hold on to their iniquity, and the Lord is going to reject them even though they go through the fire. Jeremiah 6. Now, folks, I want you to get this picture clear in your mind, if you will, please. Beginning verse 27, Jeremiah 6. I've set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people, that thou mayest know and to try them. The Lord said, I'm going to test my people. They're all grievous revolters walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are corruptors. The bellows are burned. The Lord said, I'm going to turn up the fire. I'm going to heat it with my bellows. The lead is consumed. He's putting us into the fire. And the founder melteth it in vain, for the wicked are not plucked out. In other words, the wickedness of the heart is not surrendered. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Now, folks, that's a picture of many people going to be tested and going into the fire, and they're not going to let go of their of their sins. They're not going to let go. And the Lord says they're going to be rejected because they can't be refined anymore. They are rejected silver, according to the Scripture. Look at Jeremiah, go to Jeremiah 8. Verse 5 and 6. Why then is this people of Jerusalem backslidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit, they refuse to return. I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his course as the horse rushes to the battle. The Lord says, there, there will be a people in the last days who don't acknowledge any sin whatsoever, say, what have I done? God help me. God help all of us to acknowledge our sins before the Lord, before we pass under the rod. And folks, the Bible talks about a dread release, that there are going to be some. I know people don't like to hear this, but you know he said not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of God. And that there's going to be a blindness, there's going to be a deception fall upon many, many Christians. God help us, I've got to, to, to get this through to your spirit somehow. I want you to go to Ezekiel 20 again, back to Ezekiel 20. Look at verse 38 again. I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. Now, folks, that's often rebellion in our own hearts. It's a spiritual condition that many of us are going through. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord. The Lord says they're not going to go into fullness whatsoever. And God talks about 
giving them over to a dread release, to a shattered life. Remember what the scripture says in Romans, that there were a people who knew God but didn't acknowledge him as God. And they had a form of godliness without the power. And he says God gave them over to reprobate minds. He gave them over to reprobate men who once knew God. But they were filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip. Without understanding, unloving, unmerciful, insolent, arrogant, boasters, disobedient, inventors of evil. Folks, that's the shattered life that people are given over to when they pass out of this sheepfold into this shattered way of living. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossipers, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness without power. Gave a whole Laodicean church over to a dread release. He said, because you're neither hot or cold, I'll spew you out of my mouth. God just gave them over. He gave a whole church over to a dread release. He said, no, you say you don't have need, you don't see your need. He said, I turn you over. He spit them out of his mouth. And I say, there are millions of sin-bound Christians are going to go to hell, including men who claim, many who claim to be spirit-filled because their lives mock holiness. There's no brokenness. But folks, I want to tell you that God's going to have a remnant in the last days. He's going to have a holy remnant. And when they pass through, the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, mark it. Mark him. Mark her. And down comes the rod. Marks. And these who are marked go with the shepherd into green pastures. They're, they're held here on the side till all are marked. And they're led off to green pastures because the word rod here in Hebrew is shebet, the same word used in the rod of Psalm 23. That rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because those whose hearts are right with God, who sigh and cry with their abominations, who acknowledge their sins, are walking in righteousness before the Lord. The Lord knows them and He's going to mark them. And they're going to follow that rod. They don't fear that rod. That rod's a comfort to them because it marked them. And that rod is going to lead them into green pastures beside still waters. It's the same word, that same rod. Folks, if you're walking in righteousness, you need not fear judgment. You need not sit here and fear my preaching. You need not hear, fear any man's preaching. If your heart is right with God, if your ear is clean, your heart is clean, there's no poison in your system, you never, never fear. You should rejoice in what I'm preaching right now because your heart is right with God and you know when you pass under the rod. That blood, red, that red is the blood of Jesus Christ. And there are many who've claimed the blood of Jesus Christ. They've given up sex, they've given up lust, they've given up habits, but they've never bound the strong man, Satan himself. He has to be bound and then he will spoil his goods. Have you had Satan bound in your spirit? Have you had him bound in your heart? Oh, hallelujah. Verse 40, chapter 20 of Ezekiel. For in my holy mountain, in the mountains of the height of Israel, saith the Lord, there shall the house of Israel, all of them of the land, serve me. I will accept them, and I, 
and there will I require your offerings and first fruits. I will accept you with your sweet savor, and I will bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries where you've been scattered, sanctify you before the heathen. God says, I'm going to have a holy remnant that are going to be my testimony before the heathen in the last days. They're going to be marked. And you know where they're going to follow him? Song of Solomon, my beloved has gone down to his garden, to the beds of balsam, to pasture his flocks in the gardens. I'm my beloved's and my beloved is mine. He who pastors his flock is among the lilies. Hallelujah. I wonder how many in this house, I wonder how many of you are going to be led. You're going to be passing under the rod and you're going to be marked because the Lord says, He, she, there's no other desire but me. There's one who's not looking to people. There's one who's not looking to anyone but me. There's one who's totally dependent, cast upon me. Who's clean hands and pure heart, and spirit, and mind, and body. This is mine. This is the holy remnant that's going to rise in the last days. Sighing and crying over the abominations. And the Lord's going to use that holy remnant to be his example in the last day, to be his testimony. Folks, I don't know about you, but I, I don't have time for any of the foolishness anymore because I want his mark on my forehead. I want to be marked by that precious lamb. I want the Holy Spirit to bring that rod down on my back. I want that mark on my neck. Ezekiel twenty forty three, And here's the real testimony. Folks, here's whether you can tell whether or not you've received the mark. And these shall, uh, verse 42 first, ye shall know that I am the Lord when I shall bring you into land, into the country which I lifted up my hand to give to your fathers. There shall ye remember your ways and all your doings wherein you have defiled. You shall loathe yourself in your own sight for all your evils that you've committed. Folks, that's repentance. That's total repentance. You look at your life and so God point out anything that unlike you and loathe it. You make all your wrongs right and you don't walk among the people as if you're some holy righteous person. You go among the people in your own weakness because that's when his strength is made perfect. And you loathe yourself. You loathe your sins. And you live in that loathing. Oh God, by your grace alone, you saved me. By your grace alone. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm no better than the worst sinner in this city except by the blood of the Lamb. And because my heart has been made to reach out to you, oh God. Beloved, we're passing under the rod. You know what uh, shook me up? I was reading Paul, what Paul said to the church. He said that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Now, for, he didn't say as a virgin. There are a lot of virgins. Remember, there were ten virgins and five were lost. It's not enough to be a virgin. In other words, you say, I belong to Jesus. Because you can be a virgin and still lust. You may not have committed the act, but you lust in your mind. But you see, he didn't say, I want to present you as a virgin. I'm not interested in presenting you as a virgin to Christ alone. He said, I chased 
virgin, absolutely pure in mind and body and spirit, then I may present you a chaste virgin. Folks, this is not a popularity contest. It has nothing to do with personalities. God called me to New York City for one purpose, and he empowered me to do it, and that's to raise up a chaste bride, holy and pure and sanctified. I'm not here to get you to love me, or I'd love to be loved. I'm not here to, in a popularity contest, or get anybody to love me. I have to stand before a holy God. I have to have my own hands clean and pure. I'll stand against slander. I'll stand against anything. But I will not let anything hinder me from my call to present you as a chaste virgin before a holy God. You have to stand before Christ. I'll suffer anything. I'll go through anything. But I'm going to stand before you on the judgment. I have to be there as a shepherd. And if this is your church and you belong here, I'm a shepherd. And I have to be called before God and I'm going to be there when you pass under that rod. And many of you I'd like to see touched. I'd say, God, no, please don't let that go. Don't let her go. Don't let him go. Please, Lord, that's my friend. That's my loved one. That's Don't let it happen. And I can't stop it. I can only go up to the point where you pass. And you and I are going to pass under a rod. Say what you will about me. I will stand here between you and hell. Between you and the devil. And I'm not going to let you go without a fight. And you're going to know when you stand before God. There were shepherds in this pulpit who fought every demon in hell for you. Who fought against all the principalities and powers. And gave you the truth. And prophesied to you. And gave you the holy word of God. And stood before you and hell itself and said, stop. Because I don't want you to pass under that rod and go screaming out into a wilderness of despair. The sad thing is some of you will never change. No matter what I preach, no matter who preaches, you won't change. Because you've already committed. But he said those who loathe their sins and hate them. David said, Yes, for God, they're under the blood. He forgets, but I don't. David said, my sin is ever before me. I can't forget anything I've done against him. And I loathe my past. I loathe everything I did against him. And that keeps me broken before him. Do I make mistakes? You bet I do. The one thing I know... God sent me here. God set up this house as a testimony to the whole world that in the last days there will be a godly, pure, and holy people who live in Babylon, who live in one of the worst cities in the world and have clean hands and a pure heart. Hallelujah. And walk in repentance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. <clears throat> Do you need to repent? Balcony, main floor. Do you need to repent? Can you pass under the rod this morning? Are you really sure 
the rod comes down with that red mark. Oh, God, help you to examine your heart. God, examine us by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Examine us. Search our hearts. Oh, God, don't let us say, what have I done? Don't let us say, I've done nothing. Let us say, oh, God, I loathe myself in your presence. Show me my iniquities. Show me the air of my ways, oh, God. Hallelujah. And heal this afternoon. Heal this morning. Bring great healing. Bring restoration. Lord, you want to heal every broken heart in this place this morning. We stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to open the altars. If you need repentance, come on. Just get out of your seat. Balcony, go to either stairs on the other side and just come. And when you come up here, just pour your heart out. Say, Jesus, help me. Oh, God, cleanse me. Purge me. Sanctify me. I repent. Lord, I repent. If you have sin, if you sinned against God or your brother, Move in closer. A lot of people coming. Move in real close, if you will, please. Please move in tight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, pass us under your rod and mark us. Put a mark on our foreheads, Lord. Put a mark on our neck. <laughs> Folks, in the standard, don't let me put words in your mouth. Come on, have it out with God. You know what to do. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Come on, call on him right now. God, come by your, your grace and your mercy. He's merciful. If you'll cry out, God, forgive me. Lord, forgive me and heal me. Oh, Jesus, help us as we pass under the rod. Lord, don't pass us by. Don't pass us by this morning. Hallelujah. Don't pass this by, Lord. <laughs> you that have come forward, raise both hands to the Lord. Lift it up. Lift up to the Lord. Lift up your hands. Bible says, would every man lift holy hands? All right, lift your Pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, Jesus. I need your touch. I need your forgiveness. I repent of all wickedness, of all rebellion, of all slander. If anything, it's unlike you. Cleanse me, Jesus. Oh, God, I want to be yours. I want to be your sheep. I want to be of your fold. Fill my heart. Touch me. Touch me today because I need you. And I'm reaching to you, Lord. 
and I have truly repented with all my heart. Now reach out and just love him because he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. Lord, forgive and cleanse and heal now your people. Heal and sanctify and purge by your grace. Lord, do a wonderful work in hearts. <coughs> do a wonderful work in hearts. Lord, I pray right now there be true repentance. True repentance. Hallelujah. Lord, take all rebellion out of our hearts against you. Lord, we're not rebel against you. We thank you, Lord, that you take everything that's of this world out. Those, Lord, who are bound by sin, break the power of that sin. We come against principalities and powers of darkness. We come against lying spirits who would try to hold people in their lust. Break those spirits of lust. Break those chains that bind. Break them, O oh God. Let there be a freedom in the house of God. Freedom against all sin. Now, will you just thank him in your own words? Just give him thanks. Lord, I thank you for hearing me. I thank you for answering me. I give you glory and I give you praise. This is the conclusion of the message.